0: We've started a little series on some important uh, 3.16s in the Bible. We looked at John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, uh, 1 Timothy 3.16, where he said, without great, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And God was manifest in the flesh. We looked at 2 uh, Timothy 3.16 last week, uh, where he said, all scriptures give them inspiration of God. It's probably for doctrine, for proof. Uh, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, uh, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, and all good works. But tonight we're going to deal uh, and that in Revelation chapter 3. We'll begin to read in verse 14 tonight. Uh, we'll focus primarily on verse 16. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time, uh, if you would. Revelation chapter 3. Dealing with the church at Laodicea. Revelation 3 verse 14. The Bible said, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work cold or hot. So then, here's verse 16, So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, and poor, and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesight that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame, I am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches and be seated tonight. Heavenly Father, would you help us now while we preach? I don't believe this prayer falls on deaf ears tonight, and Lord we certainly stand in need of you. I pray that you'd come by for a little while and just deal with folks' hearts, and encourage folk, and direct folk, and I pray the Holy Spirit would have good liberty and that to speak to folks' hearts. I ask tonight that, Lord, that you'd help the one, if there is one in here that's lost, I pray you'd save them. There may be somebody here tonight that, God, that just really needs some help. And I pray help would be found in you. I ask and pray that you'd move upon us tonight, anoint us afresh, and help us. We sure do love you and thank you for Calvary. Help us to be mindful of the cross every day. Save that sinner's nearest tail. Help us now while we preach for this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. In verse 16, well, let me say this. This is dealing with the uh, the seven churches that are in Asia, uh, chapters 2 and 3. And when we come to uh, the last part of this chapter, uh, beginning in verse 14, he uh, deals uh, with the church of Laodicea. Uh, if we look, and, and I do tend to agree that this was not only a, a real church in Asia Minor, uh, but it is a representation of times you can look all the way from the church of Ephesus uh, all the way to Laodicea and see certain times of these seven churches uh, that work out in the church age. Uh, Whether or not you believe that, don't really make no never mind to me because it ain't going to change what I'm about to preach uh we find that uh, right here in verse sixteen, he told them in verse fifteen, he said, as Jesus is talking to him, he said, I know thy works. Let me say tonight that the Lord knows our works. And he's not talking about for salvation. Uh for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works. Uh, Lest any man should boast. So he's sitting here talking to a church, and he says, I know your works. Every church that he addressed in these two chapters, he told them the same thing I know your works. Now, God knows what you're doing, and God knows what this church is doing. God knows what we're doing in mission work, whether it is away from here, whether it is in the city of Athens, or whatever we're doing for Him, God knows. God knows the witness of this church. But He told them, He said, you're not cold and you're not hot. He said, I wish that you were cold or hot. I always thought that was a very strange verse. Uh, I can understand why he would say, I wished you were hot. I worked that you were hot. But he said, I wish you was cold. He said, I don't want you lukewarm. Why would God say, Jesus say, I, I, I wished you were cold? Because if you were cold, uh, you would know you were cold. You would know that you would need to do something uh, about yourself. But the problem, as we come to in verse 16, he said, you're not cold. Uh, And you're not hot, he said, but you're lukewarm. Now the only place in your King James Bible that you're going to find the word lukewarm is right here. And it deals with the church of Laodicea. And that word lukewarm simply means moderately warm, tepid. I went and I looked up the word tepid. What does tepid mean? You know what he said tepid meant? It meant moderately warm or lukewarm. But then it went on to say about lukewarm was not ardent or not zealous. We find right here that they are a church that seems to be playing church. They are a church that is uh, self-righteous, a church that is blinded uh, and that by their own self-righteousness And their self-deception. Self-deception scares me. I mean, it really does. Because self-deception is where you're believing something and you won't change your mind and you have taught yourself into believing this. And that scares me. I'll be honest with you. I, I hate being deceived, but I really don't want to be deceived by myself. Uh, That scares me. But I'm glad God will turn a light on uh, uh, in our heart and in our mind uh, and show us the situation that we're in. That's what God's doing right here for the church uh, of Laodicea. He said, you're not hot uh, and you're not cold. You're lukewarm uh, and I'll spew you uh, out of my mouth. He went on to tell them some things that they were wretched uh, and miserable, poor, and blind, and this is what he said about a church. I mean, people that are supposedly saved and 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 serving him. He said the problem is you're wretched and poor and blind, and it makes me think that the primary part of them is unsaved. I can't prove any of that other than what he said right here. But I think so. I do think there was some saved folk in there because as we come to verse 19, he said, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore, and repent. He only rebukes and chastens uh, those that are his. How do you figure that, preacher, if you go to the into the book of Hebrews uh, uh, chapter twelve? We preached on this not too long ago. Uh, Hebrews chapter twelve. Uh, Uh, The Bible says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, uh, uh, then are you bastards and not sons. And so we find right here, God only rebukes uh, and chastens those that are His. So it makes me wonder a little bit about the church of Laodicea. The church of Laodicea was a church that, uh, first of all, was worldly. You ever looked over at Matthew chapter 13 when he's talking about, and I know you have because I've taught these seven parables uh, here at the church that deals with the kingdom of heaven He said another parable Matthew 13. Another parable put He forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed. Talked about that grain of mustard seed is faith this morning, didn't we? It's little. He said, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among the herbs, and becometh a tree. Remember that so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Did you know that a mustard plant does not become a tree? Are you saying that Jesus was wrong? No, I'm not saying that at all. As a matter of fact, He was right. I, I believe what He's teaching us here. A lot of people say, well, see how big salvation has become and how big religion is. I'll give you the last one. Uh, religion has morphed into something uh, uh, that is beyond what we could ever imagine except the Lord did. And He said that thing has become like a tree and then the birds of the air come and nest in it over here. You go back to the first part of that chapter Matthew 13 uh, and you know who the fowls of the air was? The devil. Who's nesting in this tree right here? Makes you wonder about religion. So what we're going to figure out tonight uh, as we look at the church of Laodicea is number one, they were a worldly church. Notice they were increased with goods uh, and have need of nothing. They were rich. I mean, uh, monetarily, uh, they thought they were rich. I don't know if they were rich or not, but they thought they were. But we're going to shout on this one, ain't we? Amen. Appreciate it. Physically, they had all that the world could offer. They had everything uh, uh, that they wanted. Uh, Notice here, he said, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods uh, and have need of nothing. They thought everything uh, was okay. Can I tell you tonight that uh, it does not matter what you have of this world. It does not matter. Are you saying we should be poor? I ain't saying you should be poor. I certainly ain't saying I should be poor. Amen. But I'm telling you uh, that the things of this world uh, does not matter. Did you know uh, at the end of it all according to the book of Peter it's all going to burn up. And I mean, then he talks about then, uh, seeing that all these things should be dissolved, uh, what manner of people that we should be in all, what was it, in holy conversation uh, and godliness? It does not matter what we got. Let me show you something Deuteronomy chapter 6. Take your Bible and go over there. You, you, I, I'm going to show you what's a matter with church and a matter with religion and a matter with our nation. We are religious people, but we're just not a Christian people. People claim to know God, but boy, if you start backing them up in a corner about their salvation, things begin to change. I mean, people talk like they know God. They don't know God. They have a form of godliness, but denying the power they're up. Look in Deuteronomy 6. And look in verse 4. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. That's a good thing, ain't it? I got to studying on that the other day. Do I really love God? Well, we say we do. But do we? We talk like we love God, we sing like we love God. But do we? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do we love the Lord? It's a good question, ain't it? Verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. He said everywhere you turn and look have the Word of God. Put the Word of God there. Put it in your heart and put it in your children's heart. Put it in your home and everywhere you turn have the Word of God. Verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee a great and goodly city which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plainest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. You know what the children of Israel, what he warned them about? He said, look, you're going to get into the promised land. I'm going to give you homes. I'm going to give you olive yards. I'm going to give you wells you didn't dig. I'm going to give you vineyards you didn't plant. But look, I'm going to bless you so much. You're going to have so much. When you get over there, you ain't going to know what to do with it. And he said, you better be careful because you're going to forget me. You want me to tell you what's happened to us as a nation and as American Christianity? We've got so much, we've got so much that we have forgot God. We forget what it's like to depend on Him. We forget what it's like to worship Him and to thank Him and to praise Him because He's the one that done it. And not us. He's the one that brought us out of sin, out of that miry clay and out of that horrible pit. It wasn't us, and it's Him that set us on the rock and established our going and put that new song in our mouth, and He has blessed us beyond what we could ever imagine. And our nation and churches have forgot God. They're a worldly church. They're full of riches. I don't think there's wrong with having stuff as long as stuff don't have you. I've had people that's had money tell me, you know, I could could live without all this money. I don't know if they could or not. I I don't know. I run into people, they, I I mean, and I think they're saved. I, I do, but man, it seems like that's all they talk about. Me and my wife's got a little money, but I ain't got enough to talk about. I can remember when we had no money. Like having no faith, we looked at this morning. My wife, for whatever reason, does not like to talk about when we had no money. I don't like to talk about it either, to be honest with you. I only talk about it because it aggravates her. Amen. Amen. I remember when we had a little money. That's what we've got now. Just a little. I don't care if you got a lot or not. I don't care if it's a little or a lot. As long as it don't have you. Hey, so a lot of people got a little bit of money and they're chasing after big money and it's got them. I mean, it's them. they ain't got nothing, but boy, they're trying to get there and they're leaving God out of all of it. I don't know how we got here, but ain't it good? Amen. And here's what they're saying I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, and I don't need anything. I've got what I want, I've got what I need, I've got what it takes uh, to make me happy, I don't need anything else. There's people sitting in church today just like that. They go to church uh, uh, to check off a box, uh, Uh, in their life to check off a box to please somebody else Uh, uh, and yet when the preacher preaches or the Sunday school teacher teaches the word of God just goes over them they don't listen Uh, uh, it never affects them they never crack their bible uh, through the middle of the week the only bible they get is when the preacher stands up to read uh, and that's it he told them in verse 18 I counsel thee Where does he counsel at? Right here. This thing right here. That good old King James Bible. He counsels right there. People are physically... let see how I can say this. People have got what they want and they don't want God. Not, not, not... Not in the fact of they don't want Him to control and rule their life. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir, no pun intended, tonight. But if we ain't careful, it'll start to slip into our life. it was a worldly church. How do you know that? Because he told them they were wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He told them down here that they needed uh, to be zealous therefore and repent. So they had some things in their life that did not belong there. I'm determined there's folks sitting on Baptist church pews that are lost. They've never been saved. Somebody told them they were or something happened, I don't know. I, You know me, I hate preachers that try to talk you out of your salvation. My job is not to make you doubt. My job is to tell you what the Word of God says. And I do believe what Scripture says. If you come to Him and, and needed to get saved and you ask Him from your heart to save you, I believe He'll do it. Amen. I believe if you'll trust Him uh, in, with His shed blood and His death, burial and resurrection, I, I, I believe that He'll save you, friend, if you'll ask Him. But this was a worldly church. They had what they wanted, but yet they didn't have the Lord. How do you know? Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's on the outside wanting in. Worldliness had crept in. Worldliness will creep in. If I, I mean it will creep in uh, to your life and to your home. I, I, and I mean, why, preacher? Because folk ain't want nothing to do with God. Well like the Bible says. Not like the church of Philadelphia, just the church that was prior to this church. I mean, he found nothing wrong with them. They were all about serving God. They were all about selling out to God. They wanted, I mean, listen, they were telling everybody they could about the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd give them an open door that no man shutteth. And they were telling what they could tell. So worldliness was creeping in or had crept in. The word creep simply means to move secretly as to escape detection. Religion, can, can I say this tonight? That folk think, one, we're crazy. If you believe the Bible, folk think you're crazy. And, and if you're going to live by the Bible, folk think you're crazy. And most of those people that think you're crazy are in church. The world ain't got a clue. They don't have a clue. Them lost sinners out there, they ain't got a clue. Well, some people that's been exposed to this thing they I mean whatever they've been taught and taught wrong preacher, are we the only ones that's got it marketed and cornered I ain't telling you that tonight I'm going to tell you Bible believe but I, when I come down here almost 22 years ago I believe there was probably more people that believe the Bible than there is now I can't prove that I'm just telling you what I think from what I say but worldliness boy I've been trying to get here and can't get there but worldliness creeps in don't it Why? Because you get away from God or you get away from this book. What you listen to, what you watch. Can I tell you, you'll let let other people tell you how you need to run your home and raise your children. Because you're concerned about what they think. I'm not concerned about what they think don't take this wrong when I say it. I'm not concerned about what you think. Amen. If I If I'm doing what this book says to do, you remember what I've told y'all before? You remember what I've told y'all before? You shouldn't care what I think as long as you're obeying that book right there. You shouldn't care what I think. You need to care and I need to care about what God thinks about us. And when I read about the church of Laodicea, he told them, he said, you're not cold and you're not hot, you're lukewarm. He said, you think everything's okay, but there ain't a thing okay. Homes are out of order because everybody's just got it messed up outside the book. He said in 2 Timothy 3: having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers love. What had happened to the church of Laodicea, I don't think this thing happened overnight. I don't think we went for. I don't think the Philadelphia Church Age or the Phil I mean, I don't think it just went. We're going to come up here and stop, and we're going to start the land to see and try. I, I believe it's. Listen, I believe it crosses over. And uh, uh, and and you. Some of y'all that are sitting in here can remember a time when folk used to love God and served God. I'm talking about. I, I my father-in-law makes a statement. He says you could just go to a Baptist church and it's church. You can't do that now. You can't do that. You don't know what you're going to get preached to. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what kind of music they're going to have. Uh, uh, You don't know what kind of songs they're going to sing. I had a preacher tell me one time he went down to a little old church down in the country and it's a country church. But man, they didn't know nothing. And let me say this, when I say they didn't know it's one thing to be ignorant and trying to learn. Amen? Y'all followed me? It's one thing to be ignorant and trying to learn and trying to figure it out. But it's another when you've been ignorant all your life and going to church every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and you ain't learned nothing in 30 years. The old preacher told me he went down there to preach. He said that was the first church that I ever went to when they called for special singing a girl got up and sung country song. Oh dear God. One of it well, let me move on. It creeps in. Church is not to satisfy your flesh, by the way. I don't think I. uh, Let me see how I can say this real good and plain. I don't think I should beat up on y'all all all the time, but I think you're, one, I think you ought to know you've heard preaching. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is probable for doctrine, for correction, for. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You come down a few a few verses later into the next chapter. He said, "Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine." I do think preaching is two thirds negative. I do think it is, but I do know this: shepherds only shear sheep once a year and feed them the rest of the time. I don't know how we got there. But it creeps in. It creeps in a little at a time. It creeps into our worship. Now he's talking to a church right here. He's talking to a group of people that are meeting and supposedly worshiping the Lord. And the problem is what's going on out in their life outside has crept into the church. What goes on out there will eventually creep in in here uh, if we let it. Some of y'all think I'm a little crazy. Some of you think I'm too hard about music. I ain't letting up. I ain't letting up. Music is a big deal. Singing is a big deal. least I'm going to tell you, if it sounds anything like the world... I don't want to have nothing to do with it. I won't have nothing to do with it. But you go to some, listen, I I I've I've been told by, by folk here at the church. They they've been to a few churches, if you want to call them church. On a house. But he said when we went in, and I don't even remember why they were there, he said they had they had earplugs. Those things of earplugs hanging on walls you could twist, you know, like you have in factories when it's going to be loud. And he said, well, You put earplugs in. If you've got to put earplugs in to go to church, there's something wrong. Something's way too loud if you've got to do that. Anyway, it creeps into our music, creeps into our dress creeps into our speech. They have become lukewarm. They did not realize what had happened. Why? Because he said they, they have need of nothing. But then he said he said know us not. They did not know. See, they thought they were okay. They thought thought what they were doing was church. They thought what they were doing was serving God. They thought what they were doing was okay, but it was not okay. A lot of folk have got lukewarm with the Word of God. I'm afraid a lot of times in my own life, if I'm not careful, I just read it to be able to check it off. I've done my daily Bible reading. I can say, okay, Lord, I've, I've read. I remember times of wanting to read to learn. Wanting to read to get to know God. Wanting to read and let Him show me something. And there's other times that, that I just read just to check it off. I, listen, I understand I really understand this church. I do. That, and you can ask these young adults down when we talk in the young adults class. I know that you've only got 24 hours in a day. And you've got, you got to sleep in part of those days. And you've got to work in part of those days. And you've got chores at home that has to be took care of and you need to spend time with your family and with your wife or your husband and with your children, I understand that and God understands that. But somewhere along the line in the day, you are to take a little time to open your Bible. One of the problems that we have today with religion is folk have got away from the Word of God. Boy, I can't get off that tonight. It seems like I have just been on that all night long. He counseled them. He wanted them uh, to know Him, but they didn't want to have nothing to do with Him. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesight that thou mayest see. Man, they were poor and blind and naked and didn't know it. And that's the problem we have today. Lukewarm. We've got lukewarm in serving Him. If it gets done, it'll get done. If it don't get done, it won't get done. That's the way a lot of people look at it. If it gets done, it'll get done. If it won't, it won't. And then some people don't even care if it gets done. I'm talking about in service to the Lord now. I ain't talking about in mowing your yard. Lukewarm in the Lord's ways. Doing what He'd want you to do. Doing what He's told us to do. Folk have become lukewarm. About coming to church. Folk have become lukewarm about reading their Bible, about praying, about visiting. I ain't talking about witnessing. We'll talk about witnessing here in a minute. About visiting. We're go, we going to have a planned visitation. When's the last time you just went to a friend or a family and knocked on our door and said, Hey, let's, you're going to church anymore right now. That's not witnessing, preacher. I know it ain't witnessing, but I do know one thing. I do know one thing that sometimes when you open a door just about church, it'll almost lead itself into witnessing. I'll take whatever avenue and door that I can find open, let's take it. I was listening to one preacher the other day. He was preaching, he said, after I got saved, I wanted to get my brother in. And he said I didn't know how to witness to him, but I was dragging him around everywhere that they was telling about Jesus. He says, I was dragging him with me till he got in. But I'm gonna tell you it's independent Baptists, a lot of independent Baptists think that's crazy. But I'm going to be honest with you. I I believe tonight that we'll be wise as serpents and harmless as does and tell them the truth. But if if, if it means just dragging them to church with you and letting the preacher preach to them, that's what you need to do. Anyway. Lukewarm. Let me ask you tonight, are you lukewarm in serving the Lord? Do you just come to church just to uh, check off... uh, a box. Do we come to church just to say we've done it? Do we come to church hoping that God will see uh, uh, and say, well, they came? Uh, uh, and and uh, But yet, we're really not concerned about none of it. Some people would not care if we closed the door of this church and left. And I ain't talking about this community. But he said right here in verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chase and be zealous therefore and repent. You see the encouragement to repent. Realize, realize what's going on. Realize, that has always been the great thing about the Lord. He has always allowed us to get right. He is a God of 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 10th, 20th chances. Until He runs out of mercy. You realize we're leaving out of here one day. First of all, he said, as many as I love. Ain't you glad God loves you? I'm glad God loved me enough to die for me at Calvary. But then, boy, after he saved me, he still loves me. He's made me part of the family of God. He said, I rebuke and chasten. He corrects us. Just as you, mom and daddies, do your children. You should, by the way. You're to correct your children. You're to rebuke your children. You're to chasten your children. What is it you've heard me say, well, probably not a million times, but a thousand times? I think it ought to be fun at your house. I think your house ought to be fun. But it ought to have rules. And it ought to have correction. And it ought to have punishment when the rules are broke. So the Lord says right here, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I really think He's talking to saved people right here. I think they say people that have got lukewarm. And church is just church and living for God is just is just, just something we say. We have no zeal about nothing. The only zeal we have is about things outside. What can we go do outside? That's what we get excited about, but not God. He says, be zealous, therefore. They were lukewarm. They had no zeal. Right? What did that say that meant? Lukewarm, not zealous. He told them right here, "Have be zealous and repent. And then He said, behold... I stand at the door knock. I think there's folks sitting in the layout to see in church age that are lost. They've never been saved. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. I think the Lord won't say in. And being a good person won't do it. Being a church member won't do it. Coming to church won't do it. You're gonna to have to be saved. I remember where the Lord. Remember where I was when the Lord found me. I was sitting in church on the back row of a Baptist church at 14 years old, and God found me. Where was you at? If you're unsaved tonight, I pray that you'll come and get saved. Let's bow our heads this evening.